All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another edition of Shabbat Lounge. This is Matt. And Jake here. And Jake, what are we doing today? We're doing more Torah portions because they happen every week. Every week. So you are participating in a worldwide event. That's right. And this will be week 50. And the Hebrew is Kitavo. That's the portion we're on. And it means when you come. Matt, where, uh, what's our address? Well, it comes from Deuteronomy 26, 29, 9. And we encourage you to like, share, subscribe, uh, let other people know about this. Check out Sabbath Lounge. If you Google Sabbath Lounge, you can find that we have Torah portions. What can they do with these Torah portions? You can uh, read them. That's right. And so if you <laughs> haven't read them, stop, turn this off and go read it. So, in fact, anything we have to say is rubbish compared to the actual words of the Torah. Right. So. We're the worst. We don't even know why you're... <laughs> <laughs> but, but we are glad you're here. Yeah. So, yeah, we're just going to give you a high-level view of what we kind of found as interesting in week 50. All right. So here we go, week 50. So one of the first things you see is in 26.8... There's a mighty hand and outstretched arm. It's used 10 times in Deuteronomy. And then Yeshua said to him, the words are your own. But I tell you that one day you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of Yahuwah and coming on the clouds of heaven, Matthew 26, 64. So could these things be connected, Jake? I believe they are. And I think uh, we had mentioned, since it does mention mighty hand, outstretched arm several times in in Deuteronomy that, uh, yeah, this is, seems to be a, a point to Yeshua and, you know, both things, the, the outstretched arm could, could be pointing to the, the cross, you know, and then the mighty right hand of Yah is, you know, he sits at the right hand of Yah. So, and I, and I think there's a principle here, um, from the right hand of fellowship, you uh-huh. know, um, that implies that uh, something good's going to happen and we're going to be friends. It also is what is uh, happening when you need a hand, you know, just the term of, Hey, can you give me a hand? Or if you're trying to get up on something high and somebody reaches down and offers their, their hand to you, in essence, that's what Yeshua has done to us. Yeah. And so there's a, there's a lot of, a lot of sim- symbology to the ha- a helping hand, helping save you from whatever situation you're in. Right. So it goes on. It's handy. It's handy. That's right. Uh, Jake, would you read Isaiah 59, 1 through 2? My hand is not too short to save, nor is my ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you from me, and your sins have hidden my face from you. Once again, implying that uh, the hand is salvation. Yeah. It's what brings brings the saving, reach and down and save you. And it's not short like the uh, tiny hands from the Saturday Night Live skit from years ago. <laughs> so, I guess not. <laughs> yeah, it's nothing like that. Yeah, but I think that's exactly what he was saying here. He looked through space time and said, "That's what I'm all about." No, he said, "My hand is not like that." Right. <laughs> it's so, not useless. <laughs> Yeah. So, but, but it's not only this hand of salvation, but, uh, he can hear us and we'll be heard. Yeah. And this is that idea of, you know, you hear about, well, 
Yah never leaves you. It, if you're stop hearing from him, it's because you've you're the one that's separated, and that's kind of this concept here. Yeah, yeah. All right, and then we're going to talk about tithes in twenty six twelve. You see the tithes of produce increasing as you are blessed. Yeah, so the idea of you know as you increase as you're blessed, mm-hmm. you know. You spread have to get that, more. Spread that around. And and mostly tithes are connected to ag and produce. But could they be connected to money? And Jake, you brought up something. Yeah. So uh Abraham, when he tithes to Melchizedek it from the uh ransacking of the five kings to save Lot, I mean, which is an awesome story, by the way. Um, you know, he gives a tenth of everything, which includes the the monies that he he got from that that event. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely interesting. But but you don't see a lot of reference in these ties saying we need to build a bigger parking lot, we need to build a new building. Yeah, that you know these 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 ties went to the to it says right here to give to the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow. But uh, mostly these ties are going to the Levites so that they can eat. Right. Because I don't have a blessing of land. Yeah. Then, you know, that's that's their job is to priest. Yeah. Priest yeah. it up. Mm-hmm. Do the duties. Well, the Aaron's Aaron's family's yes, duty is to right. priest it up. But And then Isaiah 59, 1 through 2. Did we repeat? Or I went back. Oh, you went back, man. Sorry, I went back. Perfect. All right. And then we see a connection to James. So would you read James one twenty seven? Pure, unstained religion, according to Elohim our Father, is to take care of orphans and widows when they suffer and to remain uncorrupted by this world. All right. So you think that has a connection back to this? Uh, yes, I do. All right. I think it does. Let's look at another one. Once again, this is and both of these are going to be. References to Christians keeping Torah. Right. So Acts 6, uh, this is 1 through 7. At that time, as the number of disciples grew, Greek-speaking Jews complained about the Hebrew-speaking Jews. The Greek-speaking Jews claimed that the widows among them were neglected every day when food and other assistance was distributed. The twelve apostles called all the disciples together and told them, It's not right for us to give up Elohim's word in order to distribute food. So brothers and sisters, choose seven men whom the people know are spiritually wise. We will put them in charge of this problem. However, we will devote ourselves to praying and to serving in ways that are related to the word. The suggestion pleased the whole group. So they chose Stephen, who was a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. And they chose Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, who had converted to Judaism. This seems like a strange uh, translation here, but in the city of Antioch, the disciples had these men stand in front of the apostles who prayed and placed their hands on these seven men. The word of Elohim continued to spread and the number of disciples in Jerusalem grew very large. A large number of priests accepted the faith. Interesting. And uh, interesting note about this Nicholas who might be connected to the Nicolaitans. Yes, see our study on that. Mm -hmm. Kind of interesting. Yeah, But the point uh, is, this is examples of them taking care of the widows because of the scripture. Right. 
and uh, there's a there's a uh, ministry in Missouri, um, and they do they have a coffee shop called True Brew in Ava, Missouri. True Brew, yeah, and uh, so and that place is pretty cool. And this is kind of their their deal is you know um, when you're when you're doing these things, mm-hmm. giving to the widow and the orphan and the fatherless and, and that kind of thing and helping feed people. That's, you know, that's what y'all wants from us. So that's kind of part of their ministry. Yeah. Well, and I've also even heard about people doing that with cars and things and making sure, uh, especially um, single parent mothers have a, have transportation that works and they don't get ripped off from a mechanic. And so people sometimes will some I've seen some mechanics that do a ministry like that. There was some guy in Texas, Texas Country Reporter, had him on. Okay, I always thought that was really cool. Yeah, the nuns do that, don't they? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they fix cars. I I think at one point, uh, my my wife had got a car from the nuns or huh. gave a car to the nuns. I, I'm not sure how that worked out, but because she was a single, somehow it's related. No. They must have given it. There's some story there, Jake. There is. I should I should figure (laughs) it out, and uh, we'll we'll have that featured on a okay a later podcast. All right, that sounds good. All right, and then there's this concept of um, these stones, and I and I put this image here. If you can't see this, if you're listening to a podcast, there is a very famous Ron White who. is no longer with us, but he found this pillar um, on the edge of the water um, by the beach in Egypt along the sea. And uh, it's kind of interesting here, but uh, Jake, would you read 27? Yes. Set up stones to help your kids remember. Yeah. It's pretty short and sweet there. Yeah. But that's uh, yeah. Through it's 27, uh, one through 11 kind of discusses that setting mm -hmm. up of those stones. And it's not a new concept. We see it elsewhere in Genesis 31, 45 through 50. Jacob took a stone and set it up as a marker. Then Jacob said to his relatives, gather some stones. They took stones, put them into a pile, and ate there by the pile of stones. In this language, Laban called it Jager Sahadutha, which is witness pile, apparently. But Jacob called it Galid. Which would you rather call it? Witness pile. You would, do you want to call it Jägermeister there or Galid? I'd call it witness pile. Yeah, I think I like witness pile mm-hmm. too. And then he slept on him. And yes. Had a yes. <laughs> yes, and that had the best night he, of sleep he ever had. MyPillow.com. Rock. So, yeah, that's an interesting subject in itself. I still don't understand that. Yeah. All right, so... This well, was not the first time. Rocks were softer back then. I Maybe think. so. Maybe so. Yeah. And so, they continues. Yeah. Laban said, this pile of stone stands as a witness between you and me today. This is why it was named Galid and also Mizpah Watchtower, because he said, may Yahweh watch between you and me when we're unable to see each other. If you mistreat my daughters or marry other women behind my back, remember that Elohim stands as a witness between you and me. That's some kind of... uh I don't know. That's some kind of gumption on Laban's part to s- start pretending he's got uh, scruples. Yes, yes, that's right. Uh-huh. Well, but definitely it's establishing this concept of setting up a rock pile was was uh, biblical. It was not a 
you know, it was, it was something that had been done before. Yeah. Matt, do you think that ties into why Bigfoot is known to leave to stack rocks? I didn't know Bigfoot stacked rocks. You need to learn a little bit more about Bigfoot. I guess so. (laughs) That's like Bigfoot 101. Hmm. Okay. Maybe that's 201. Hmm. (laughs) But I think a lot of people stack rocks. Yeah. I don't know how you can know. And then Joshua 4, 2 through 3. Choose one man from each of the 12 tribes. Order them to pick up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, where the priest's feet stood firmly. Take the stones along with you and set them down where you will camp tonight. The people of Israel did as Joshua had ordered. They took 12 stones, one for each of the tribes of Israel. They took them from the middle of the Jordan, as Yahweh had told Joshua. They carried them to the camp and set them down there. Yeah, I don't know why I uh, changed my my uh, accent there oh. from Joshua to Yahshua, but it's yeah. the same. Same. In yeah, case you didn't know. Right. Oh, and it continues. Mm-hmm. Joshua also set 12 stones in the middle of the Jordan River where the priests who carried the Ark of the Promise had stood. The stones are still there today. To this day, Matt, still know. there. That's all I think I mean in the time of the writing, right? Yes, the time of the writing. Oh. I used to think that back oh, when, I, I, was, did when I was little. They're still there today. I did too. Why aren't we going to look at them? <clears throat> and in my family, we had a thing happen uh, to our youngest son, and he almost got lost and on a train and in a major city. So when he got back as a way to thank you all for saving him, we did a rock stack. Hey. So, uh, but we use big rocks, but you know, it's kind of interesting, you know, the, I, I don't picture these being big, you know, if a human can pick them up, they can't, they're not like boulders, but we use big ones. <laughs> so, and it's still there today. To this day. To this very day. <laughs> and the whole reason we did it is so people would walk by and go, like, why have the stone stack there? And yeah. that's the point. That's yeah. what you're supposed to do. Those so, uh, memory piles. Memory Witness piles. Witness pile. Mm-hmm. Witness pile. And you don't uh, use cut stone. You know, they're just stone the way they, they are. So it's interesting, though, because man likes to make monuments, but we want to cut the stone. Right. So, like that uh, granite pillar in the previous slide. Yes. Yes. And that was Solomon who did that later. Yeah. And, you know, and, and anyway, kind of interesting. It's definitely a concept that you see there. And then chapter 27, you've got this. We keep talking about this in the last few episodes, but we have one called Christians Follow Torah. And guess what, Jake? Christians do follow Torah. That's right. Because we know that uh, almost every Christian in the world would go, yeah, you shouldn't have idols. You should listen to your parents. Don't steal. Be nice to the blind people and the widow. You know, don't trick them. Don't have sex with your dad's wife, the, your sister, or a beast, or mother-in-law, and be neighborly, and don't murder. <laughs> that all seems like good advice to me. Sounds straight up. Yep. And uh, those are all straight out of Torah. Straight out of Torah. And uh, most Christians follow those uh, to a T. No That's problem. Right. So if you start a uh, a podcast out there called Straight Out of Torah, then... We want some credit. That's right. right. <laughs> no, no, you don't need to pay us. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. 
And then in 28, we start seeing the blessings and curses. So the first part, 1 through 14, is blessings. And then, uh, Jake, why do you think it takes so many verses, 15 through 67, to describe the curses? Because uh, there's there's a few good things that can happen to you, but there's a lot of bad things that can happen to you. <laughs> a lot of things can go wrong. And he's like, don't worry, I know how to... Uh, how to smite you if things get off off the rails here? Well, and and I think honestly, it's because of his foreknowledge. He, he wanted them to know the blessings, but honestly, he's like, prepare because this is these guys need to hear this part because this is going to all happen. Yeah. So unfortunately, they didn't receive the blessings um, to the extent that they should have because of the things that they do. Yeah. And then the, these are some of the um, some of the curses. Yeah, right? in twenty eight twenty six, it, it describes your carcass shall be meat into the fowls. That's foul. That sounds bad. That sounds foul. No, thank you. And then what do we see Abraham do in Genesis fifteen eleven? When birds of prey came down upon the carcasses, Abraham drove them away. Something about birds and carcasses. Now they go together. Yeah. Now I've heard talk of well birds in scripture represent evil and mm. bad and which in these cases yes that's bad stuff but then again Yahweh's likened to an eagle mm-hmm. you know things like that so so d- just careful with the broad brush yeah situation yeah. there well and I just think it's interesting tying those two passages together for sure yeah. there's there's something there uh, with, with what you're describing and once again this is fast and furious and you'd have to dive on that dive deep into that in your own rabbit trail on your own time right and then in 46 these curses will be a sign and an amazing thing to warn you and your descendants forever you didn't serve Yahweh your Elohim with a joyful and happy heart when you had so much yeah, so this is like uh, the curses is Yahweh's way of stacking up some stones and saying, yeah, remembrance. Hey, here's your witness pile. Mm-hmm. Don't uh, don't go back to it. Yeah, yeah. And it's all done in discipline as a way to try to redirect them. Yeah, and it does. I believe it does. You know, it does work. You know, it's the father disciplining his children, except. Because he loves them. Because he loves them, and he is much more patient, and time is on his side. Um, he's much more patient than we are, because he's done this over a very long time. Yeah. Yep. It's a baby. All right. So, in verse 53, it says, Because of the hardships of your enemies... Oh, because of the hardships, your enemies will make you suffer during the blockade. You will eat the flesh of your own children, the sons and daughters, whom Yahweh your Elohim has given you. That sounds terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. And Leviticus twenty six twenty nine says, You shall eat the flesh of your sons and the flesh of your daughters. Right. Now, if you just took this verse on its own, you'd go, Oh, well, that's a command. We need to do that. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> but uh, no, this is in Leviticus also, he was warning them that uh, these are going to be the curses that you deal with. And so in Deuteronomy, he's reminding them, Hey, remember, I already told you this, but. Uh, and I'm sure some people are sitting back going, 
Oh, we're not going to do that. Why would we do that? That's terrible. That's crazy. Crazy dog. And then we see 2 Kings 6, 26 through 29. Once when the king of Israel was walking in the city wall, a woman cried out to him, Help me, your majesty. Don't ask me, he replied. Let Yahweh help you. Where could I help? Where could I get help for you? From the threshing floor or from the wine press? But what troubles you? The king asked her. The woman answered, That woman said to me, Give up your son and we will eat him today, and tomorrow we'll eat my son. So we cooked up my son, as one does, and we ate him. And, you know, we were sustained. The next day I said to her, Give up your son and let's eat him. But she hid her son. Do you believe this woman? Well, I believe she's pretty crazy. I think so, ever, yeah, it's crazy. Pretty crazy, crazy town for sure. So, not not your normal situation. Yeah. So that's the case where Solomon says, "Will give me the, no, no, no." That's the that's the that's whose baby is this? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. So, but this is just showing you that later on, that unfortunately, this gets fulfilled. Yes. And then in other places, uh, as second witnesses, Josephus mentions it, and uh, other historians and. Um, unfortunately we, you know, it happened there in Kings and it, you know, it, it just was a terrible, terrible thing. Yeah. And then in chapter 28, we've got, uh, you know, as we continue, we talk about the blessings and curses. We also did a thing about blessings and curses and you can find a whole playlist where Jake on sabbathlounge.com. Yep. And so if you just Googled, Blessings and curses, Sabbath lounge. You'd probably find this right. And we took several screenshots, but what's interesting about this place is so we are, you know, basically kind of up on a ridge with Moses and the people, and uh, Moses is about to not get to go into the promised land, but they're on the precipice of going into it. And um, this is the area they enter between Mount Ebal and Mount Gerizim. And Joshua is going to lead them through in just a little bit. Um, if you keep reading and um, like Joshua, you'll see see where that happens. Yeah, so it's like a, essentially a gate that you have to walk between these mountains to get, to get where they're going. And Abraham uh, and Jacob came through here, and it was definitely a... Um, a place that the patriarchs visited and came through. Yeah. As foreshadowed. And then uh, you, you see the, the Mount of Blessing, which is Gerizim, and the Mount of Cursing. And you've got the Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Joseph, and Benjamin on the Mount of Blessings. And Reuben, Gad, Asher, Dan, Zebulun, and Naphtali on the Mount, Mount Ebal, the Mount of Cursing. But if you, like I said, if you want to go into more detail, that would be something you could watch. Yeah, and they'd just be yelling this stuff across this chasm to each other, right? Um, <laughs> what would they be yelling? We're They're, better than you. Well, like we got spirit. Yes, we do. We yeah. got spirit. How about you? Uh, I think that's what they did, probably. But no, they were supposed to uh, uh, recite the blessings and the curses from these mountains, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. They weren't yelling. We got spirit, or they weren't yelling. Well, the people Joshua, on the blessing, the peace, people on the blessing side were saying that. Maybe we've so. got the spirit. How about you? No, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
so anyway, that's interesting. Well, this uh, kind of wraps up um, week 50 when you come or Kitavo. Kitavo. And this is Deuteronomy 26 through 29.9. Yep. So um, check out Sabbath Lounge. Give us a subscribe and a thumbs up and throw some comments down there so we see how this is working out for you. And uh, uh, Matt, anything else? Just leave us something in the comments that lets us know that you listened to something here. Give us an emoji that only we would know what it means. I don't know what that means, man. <laughs> I don't either. So maybe you can figure it out. All right. All right. Well, this is Matt and Jake signing out.